Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, I'm back with another episode. And I really wanted to do an episode on the misunderstandings of building wealth through investing. Uh, You know, as you know, like I'm, you know, been in the industry for a long time. I've met, you know, tons of wealthy people. Uh, I've read about every book that that's out there on investing, trading, speculating. Um, I've tried different different strategies. Um, I uh, have studied the best investors. I mean, I read most of their biographies, saw how they did it, um, and uh, which has formed like my opinion, my view on investing. I've you know put in multiples of the 10,000 hours required uh, to understand how to build wealth uh, through investing. And, but it's taken me a while to figure out how to communicate um, the right way, because there's this, there's so much bad information out there about investing. And with everything, the, the thing that is the sexiest that sounds the best sells the most, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many people are making bank off selling courses that's telling people, you know, what they what they want to hear. It, it's the equivalent of, you know, you have a huge health industry that makes tons of money by telling people that if you do this surgery, um, the, you know, the weight that you want to get off is going to get off and stay off, or you have tons of these basically bullshit diet programs that people spend their money on where it says, Hey, if you just drink these lemon drops or do whatever, you know, you'll get the weight off and keep the weight off. Like the, the things that sell the most in the industry uh, uh, get the most money. And, and when, and when you think about it, like the, the, the wealth, health and wellness industry is really like 30 years old. Like it's not, it's not that old. And there's been a lot of money made in the industry, uh, but we, but we as a country are fatter than ever. And if you look at the people that are healthy uh, from a health standpoint um, and have maintained it, they just did tried and true stuff, like you know, took in less calories or, or yeah, took in less calories and they exerted every single day, right? They did the hard stuff like run every day, you know, or do cardio for 30, 45 minutes you know, four or five times a week, they watched, they ate, they ate right. Um, they, they, they put the, the, the hard work in, right. The, the stuff that you don't I mean, you don't need, like, there's no magic pill for it. You don't need surgery for it. It's boring. It's time tested. It's true. And it will always be true. Um, you know, but it's, it, it doesn't sell because it's boring, right. The masses don't buy that, you know, because it's boring, right. I mean, you can, you can basically write a book, on having the, the, the health that you want by, by saying this, um, make sure that you eat 80, 90% of what you eat is healthy foods, stay away from the sugars, 
and the bad carbs. Uh, work out for 30 minutes to an hour a day. Uh, you do that consistently and you'll maintain a healthy weight and body. All right, that's it. Book <laughs> written, throw out all the rest of them. And the same is true as in, I mean, it, the investing probably is a, you know, a bit more complex, but it's, it's, it's similar in the sense where you got a lot of bad stuff out there. But let me, let me, let me teach it in an analogy, right? I'm, I'm gonna teach the misunderstanding of investing by using an analogy. It's football season. And so I know we have a lot of football fans. And let's say you, you wanna back two, one of two head coaches, you had to pick one, right? The first head coach said, hey, I'm gonna invest all my resources, all my time, all my energy, all the budget I've been given into every year trying to draft a Tom Brady level quarterback. And if you get a Tom Brady level quarterback, then that's how that's how the coach plans to get all the, you know, all the rings they need for the franchise for the next 10, 20 years, right? If they're if they're able to do it. Or you have a coach that says, hey, I'm going to invest all my resources into building a well-designed system that is, that is built to win, right? I'm going to build a strong system. And then all I have to do is draft the players that fit well into the system. And so a, a, a visual of that is you look at the, the Nick Saban of the world, right? Nick Saban, you know, Alabama's head coach is a master at that. He had the same system at LSU, took it to Alabama, and just wins. Uh, you know, Greg Popovich in the NBA is another example of that. But, um, um, but which which team would you would you bet on? Right? Which team would you bet having a better winning record and getting to a championship first? You know, by the way, like he could drop the Tom Brady in 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 in, in year one, and um, you know that could happen. Like setting aside the fact that Tom Brady doesn't do it by himself, but let's let's keep it simple and and oversimplify it. You know, I mean, that could happen, but is it something you want to bet your money on? Probably not, right? You probably bet on the one with the, with the solid system because you could find plenty of players. There's plenty of players that could fit that are above average in the NFL. I mean, all of them are above average in the NFL, but there's plenty of players to choose from to fit a really good system. Um, and, and you find the best NFL teams do that. Same rules apply in investing, right? You have you have investment strategy one is which is saying, hey, I want to get rich through investing by day trading, which is what everybody's trying to do right now. Um, and, and they're shooting for returns of you know less than one percent of the day traders uh, you know have received, right? It goes back to the Tom Brady odds. They're basically saying, hey, I think my timing and selection is going to be good. You know, which is, you know, which is going to, which is going to be like the 1%, which is the odds of you drafting a Tom Brady, right? So you can say, I want to bet on that to, to build wealth, or you can go to number two and build a system that uh, gets the returns you desire, uh, which is focusing on asset allocation, right? So, so that's separate from like a day trading system, right? That, um, that helps you get the returns, right? Because that doesn't, right? That if, if there was a system that that was good, they would keep it to themselves, they wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, the, the money is, the money that these people make is in selling the system, not really making the money with the system. Because think about it, if you had a system that was that good, uh, you make more money by not telling anybody because the more the word gets out, 
the system becomes more relevant. Re like rena Renaissance technology, which is um, Jim, I forgot, look up Renaissance technologies. Jim, he's a billionaire who, who owns it, has all these PhDs that work for him. Like nobody knows their systems, like their systems are not out. And they, they, uh, they don't even take any outside money anymore but they have these day trading systems run by these algorithms that cost tons and tons of money to maintain and operate that move at lightning speed, which is what you're competing against, by the way. Um, but they don't tell anybody their systems, right? I mean, he became a billionaire by trading it. <laughs> you know, he took in money to trade it because it was good. And then once, you know, once he had too much money in the system, because the system only, once, and these are things that you know, if you like, if you understood like the mechanics of investing, right? You understand that, um, once the system gets too big, too much money into it, it doesn't work, right? So, um, you know, so he started, he started giving back money, right? And reducing the amount of money that can go into the system because there's so many, so many, you can only export those inefficiencies uh, with, a, with, a, with a certain amount of money. Um, uh, uh, but again, and, and you'd also know you compete against uh, those people in that, in that system. But let's, let, let's like, oh, and by the way, I know, you know, I know when I say that people are gonna be like, yeah, so I don't have that much money, so I can really explode them, explode them. I'm like, no, because like you have so many other players that are operating at a smaller level than Jim Stevens, but a bunch with, you know, with the resources to put a little bit of money to work, um, but it's more money than you to collect those uh, inefficiencies. Because because there, there's, you know, there's not efficiencies for just a hundred thousand dollars, right? There's efficiencies for, you know, a large amount of money. And that large amount of money can exploit those, exploit those small inefficiencies that you're trying to exploit with your hundred thousand um, dollars. So I know I went a little nerd, but the the folks that uh, have started down that path could follow what I'm saying, and if they can't follow what I'm saying, then you really shouldn't. Like you really don't know what the heck you're doing. Um, but when I say asset allocation from a system, I'm saying let's let me let me give you like specific examples. You can look at the billionaire list. Like look at Jeff Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Kathy Wood. Ray Dalio, Kathy's not a billionaire yet, but she has great returns. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones, Stanley Drakenmiller, Elon Musk. Basically, what they did when you talk about asset allocation, which is basically um, figuring out what is the big macro trend, right, that's happening. What's a big 10, 20 year wealth or longer wealth building trend? And let me ride that with as much money as I can ride it with. You know, so Jeff Bezos, who was working at a hedge fund before he started Amazon, he said, wait a minute, the internet is an amazing thing and the adoption rate of it is, is growing at a extremely fast level. He understood Metcalf's law and he was like, man, the network effects of this is, cra is crazy. Uh, and so I want to figure out a way to sell stuff on the internet because I'm going to ride the curve of the adoption rate and make stupid amounts of money. So he created Amazon and he held the stock and still holds a, a chunk of the stock, although it's a small percentage of the overall stock held and made him into a multi-billionaire. He didn't trade the Amazon stock. He bought it, held it, invested in a trend, uh, put all the profits that Amazon made into that trend and built a crazy business. Uh, and, and the people that backed Amazon, the investors that backed Amazon, the VCs, that backed Amazon and held. Because by the way, you don't know what VCs are. VCs are venture capital. They create these funds and they lock money up for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years to invest in companies that are investing in that trend. 
um, or, or more, right? They'll, a lot of them even keep the stock after, after it goes public and they have the, they're done with the lockup period. Um, Zuckerberg, same thing. He saw the trend of um, social media uh, on the internet and rolled that. So the same as investors. Kathy Woods or Kathy Wood, um, she, I mean, she caught the Tesla trend, the Bitcoin trend early. Um, you know, all, a lot of these new innovation trends, right? Which, which really the trend that she's catching just so you understand, is the same trend I talk about. It's the, we're in a world of slow growth um, with low interest rates and lots of money printing and the world is changing. And so in that environment, you bet on innovation. So you pick the winners and in innovation in their, in their uh, respective you know, industries. And then you put as much money as you can put <laughs> responsibly uh, while being diversified uh, on them. And that's what she's doing, right? Her her ARC funds have like 50 stocks or less most you know, for, for, for most of the funds. Um, and so that's, and, and, and look up, you know, look up the ARC funds returns. They're, they're, they're phenomenal. Ray Dalio, right? He wrote the trend of leveraging up bonds as bond interest rates dropped from 1980s to currently. Um, Paul uh, Stanley Drucker Miller did, did similar, did something similar. Uh, um, you have Paul Tudor Jones, right he was an excellent trader and he did he did day trade but he day traded and he made the bulk of his returns day trading uh in the futures market when the futures market was new in the 1970s 80s 1980s um you know mostly uh but 19 a little bit of 1970s 80s um when those markets were were, were, were going crazy and you can borrow lots of money and make tons of money in the in the in in the futures market. So he he wrote the trend of the futures market being built out and sucking in money, uh, and the leverage you can do doing that. Uh, and uh, so that's where the book of his returns came from. He became a billionaire from also managing money, but he also had phenomenal returns. But they all came betting on the trend of um, um, the, uh, the futures. He was very early right into that market. Which there was a supply and demand of people in that market that could that could trade it right, which is which is by the way similar to what's happening with these young folks in in in, in DeFi and decent in, in in the crypto world, um, uh, to be specific. Um, let me get to that in a second. Let me also go over Elon Musk. Elon Musk is another example of you know, a lot of people don't realize his timing for building Tesla wasn't was not um, an accident, right? What Elon does is he, he saw what the, uh, what the iPhone was doing to the cost of battery storage, lowering it significantly. And you can like, these things like Metcalf law and network effects and, and, and cost trends reducing, like you can figure out the mathematical formula, map that out and project out what costs are likely to be over time. And so he said, listen, you know, what I wanna build you know, I know, I know the direction of the world is uh, going to, uh, you know, going uh, to renewable energy. And I know that the, the, the most important asset in that world is going to be the ability to store energy in a battery. At the time when he started, batteries couldn't store that much energy, right? They, don't, they didn't last that long. Definitely not to power a house and a car and all that kind of stuff. But he was like, but he looked at the math and said, hey, the trend of, 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 um, uh, being able to store this stuff and do it cost effectively uh, is going down exponentially. So if I can build a company 
and survive and survive the cost curve going down, then, you know, A, you know, cars will eventually, um, it'll cost me less to build a Tesla for, the, for everybody uh, with, with a, you know, with renewable energy um, at a cheaper cost to build the car than, than the gas guzzlers, right? Which means you get a cleaner, right? You get a cleaner environment and a cheaper, better car, right? And so he wrote, he just, you know, built the car, uh, got some investors who backed him um, and rode the train and, you know, struggled for years and years. Now he looks like a genius, but, you know, it was, it was math, right? He just had to survive. So he bet on the trend and, um, and the trend is now pretty close to which, I mean, sometime in the next five years, the cost of an electric vehicle um, is going to be less than the cost of a regular vehicle. And, and they have light speed uh, um, or a, a big advantage or big head start over everybody as far as like production costs and all those things, right? So, um, and a big reason why you see him sharing a technology and opening it up to everybody is he understands like if GM, Ford, all these people are able to invest in it, it lowers the cost faster, but he has the lead, right? I mean, you know, he, uh, as the industry wins, uh, he, he wins more and, but he's betting on the trend and it made him a crazy amount of crazy amounts of money. Um, so same thing with investing. So going back to it, you know, you can choose as an investor to try to day trade, which is extremely hard. And you're probably not going to draft a Tom Brady, or you can put, if you really want to have outsized returns, right. Not just the regular, you know, diversified, you know, boring stock bond portfolio. Um, but if you want to really try to knock it out the park, right. A better idea is to size up the, a 20, a 10, 20 year trend, put your chips in on the trend and then let it ride. Like leave it alone. Like spend, spend all your months, spend all your time trying to make more money to invest in that trend. So let me give an example, like, you know, a, a couple of big trends. We, we talked about Tesla and the electric vehicle. Uh, we talked about Bitcoin um, before. Um, again, I own Tesla. I own Bitcoin. Um, we talk about, um, you know, the crypto market in general, which is why I own Coinbase and a couple other funds um, that own some, 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 some miners and other crypto businesses. You know, so if, if you looked at my portfolio, a good 50, 60% of my portfolio of, of our family portfolio is, um, is betting on crypto and, uh, and a big chunk of that is Bitcoin. And because uh, I don't, you know, again, I don't, if you listen to my episode before, my crypto bet is not really buying all these other coins. It's uh, buying companies. I mean, outside of Bitcoin, buying companies that are, that are in the industry. I think it's a better play, right? And I own a little bit of some other stuff through a, through a fund, GDLC, that I talked about before. But, but a big chunk of our money, and we're, and we're going to put more in, you know, a significant amount more in here in the fall, right? Because like, it's a big trend. And so my deal is, you know, my, my, my nine to five, if you will, or how I make my money, right? It's easier for me to be the best in the world at, at, at giving advice on investments to my clients about how to plan for their future and invest for their future and build and manage portfolios for those futures, right? I can be really good at communicating that, right? Because I'm one of the few advisors with the podcast. I put out tons of content. Uh, I do uh, amazing work according to my you know, clients. I'm, I'm communicate with them. 
talked often. They know where I stand. I'm here. I serve them well, right? And I can, I'm grow, I've grown a successful business, you know, doing that. And it's easier for me to increase my income by continuing to do that well. Um, um, uh, with le- you know, and I can increase my income with less time and less effort than trying to day trade and earn, you know, Jim Simon, that's his name, Jim Simons of Renaissance Technologies style returns to become uh, filthy rich, right? I, I mean, increase my business, let me find another 50 grand to put into my portfolio that I'm betting on the future on, right? If I can just, you know, keep finding more, you know, keep increasing my income, dumping more money into it, you extrapolate that out over time, and then you see lots and lots of money, right? So, you know, uh, I'm giving this because I see people who are smart, intelligent, that I know that, that have amazing businesses, right? Amazing talents. They're making great money. And my thought is, well, why are you spending two, three, four, five hours a day, however much time you're spending researching and trading, um, even if it's two hours a day, right? That's like 10 hours a week that you can be putting into your income generating opportunities and then taking and increasing your income and dumping that extra money into the asset classes that you believe are have outsized returns for the future. Here, here's my last thing. I mean, think of like the amount of wealth being built in crypto and Bitcoin specifically by these young folks is crazy. I mean, Bitcoin grew at something like 200% a year over the last decade. And it made a ton of folks a stupid amount of money while you had people just trying to day trade stocks, right? Or trying to day trade, um, you know, whatever. And by the way, like even the ones who are day trading, who are, who are day trading crypto net, net long-term, I think the better bet, right? But they, they still are probably going to do better than most stock investors trying to day trade stocks because there's supply and demand of people doing it. Um, but, but, you know, there's going to be a lot who lose even in day trading. And then, but the ones that, that win, win bigger and it's easier to win in crypto than it is in stocks because again supply and demand i think again i think the better option is to not even do any of that just you know i i i think you will build more wealth right and it's literally my bet by being good at what i do taking that extra money and investing it in the bets that i know that i can just buy and hold over a five ten year period of time because it's investing in a trend and 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 and, and you earn the money because it's volatile. Like these trends I'm talking about investing in, they're extremely volatile, right? Lots of up and down. But I, I think of my portfolio more like a VC fund where I'm putting the money up and quote unquote, locking it up, you know, for 10 years um, because that's the way to build wealth, right? That is, that, that is like tried and true and it's boring, right? It's like saying what I said in the beginning, to be healthy, you just gotta make sure you work out you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day and eat right, right? Is, is that, and, 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 and because it's so unsexy, it risks people rolling their eyes and going, Phil doesn't know what he's talking about. Blah, 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 right? And just trust me on this. Like, go, go, you do your own research. Go look at the billionaires, right? Find me a billionaire that said, hey, I'm, you know, I made, a, I made lots of money like day trading, right? Again, outside of Jim Simons, um, you know, uh, and even he, I think he would have got to a billion, you know, with his own money, but he got, he got to billions and lots of billions by just, uh, um, uh, managing money for other people there, but there is tons and tons. I mean, the majority of the billionaires, like 99, 99, 98% of them, uh, uh, got rich, uh, initially by betting on a 
long-term trend uh, and riding it and having the guts to ride. So I, I like thinking probabilities, right? I don't, I guess I use the analogy of the coach, right? I want to back the coach with the system versus the coach trying to draft Tom Brady. Could they drop, could they draft, could you draft Brian Brady? Maybe it's possible. It's just not very probable. I really hope this helps somebody because I, I thought and I wrote hard for this one because I'm just, breaks my heart to see uh, people that I know five years from now are going to be sorely disappointed um, because they're following the wrong investment plan and investment strategy. Enjoy your day.